What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. Okay, good. Greg Helbeck and Michael Pinter here with a very important episode of the New York Real Estate Show. Today, we're going to talk about something that I don't have never heard anybody talk about this before. I know I say that a lot, but that's why we're obviously doing this podcast. And the theme of today's show is understanding how to navigate challenging timelines and real problems that go on in the Northeast. So this is in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, actually, but primarily our listeners are in New York. And how to go, how to get around it, and how to how to have the right expectations going into transactions. Because a big thing I see online, Michael talks about this all the time on his YouTube videos, is that there's these gurus online who are not lying to you, but they're talking about business in a state that's business friendly, and they're claiming you can do a wholesale deal in 15 days. And I have never even bought a property in less than 30 days uh, in the Northeast. It's almost impossible if you try to do a municipal search. And um, we're gonna tell tell you like what to expect. I'm going to give some case studies. Michael's going to give some case studies. And by the time you're done listening to the show, I guarantee you, you are going to, have, going to have an accurate reality on timelines, specifically with wholesale deals. We'll probably talk a little bit about closing on properties and realistic timelines as well. So Michael, I'm fired up. I'm back from the DMV. It wasn't that bad. I got all this energy. I just had a pretzel for lunch. So I'm just freaking fired up here. I just want to ramble for 30 minutes. That's, pretzel for um, lunch is way too, is, that's horrible. It's, it's a soft baked pretzel. I was in a time crunch. I was getting bread at the bakery. I said, yeah, I'll just get a pretzel. You're still the age where you can eat pretzels for lunch. If I eat pretzels for lunch, I'd be 700 pounds. But okay. <laughs> if you yeah. saw me on the treadmill, though, later on today, you'd say, you know what? He can have three pretzels. You cannot outrun fast. your mouth. I'm just telling you. Um, <laughs> so true. You can burn 300 and eat 400. Right, 300 calories yeah. working out all day. And that's one, yeah. bite, that's one bite of something. That's I know. Out. It's one bite of a cheeseburger. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. so true. Um, so yeah, anyway. so time is a big deal. So I actually have closed deals in like a couple of weeks. It was like a rare situation. I had somebody that was really like, she had to she had to leave. She was being relocated. And I've closed a couple of deals really fast where I told the title company, I knew whatever you got to do, you got to get title in quickly. And, or I was able to use title from before it happened, but more likely, I, and I bought, I certainly have bought more deals from sellers who wanted the, fr the freedom and open-endedness of a contract because they didn't know where they were going and wanted more time than I bought from people who are quick. So, yeah, so I, I, you know, you go on, you see these gurus or new, new, new gurus who say, um, you know, I got into wholesaling last week and I made my first $12,000 this week. And those things can happen. But in New York, you, you, the, the, the entire mentality for, for the liquidity of real estate is different in New York. So in 49 states, really, if someone gets into a financial pinch and they need money, right? And I'm talking about like, they need $100,000 cash because their son got, got arrested and needs money for bail. Or they are in a foreclosure situation like in Texas, where in 36 days, you they're know, out. thrown out. Yeah. Um, they sort of view their real estate as a pretty liquid asset. I can find the cash buyer. I may take a little bit of a haircut, but I'm going to sell it fast. 
But in New York, when people get into those same situations, they don't think about the real estate like that. They think of real estate as something that's gonna take months because most transactions do take months. Mm -hmm. And I have one, two, three, four, five. I have eight properties right now where a seller has accepted my offer that we're not even in contract on. And some most of those are there for weeks. So you you have to, when if you're doing business in New York, you have to accept the fact that A, transactions take a lot longer. B, the sellers are not expecting, you know, quick sales, right? A lot of our competitors will get on the phone, you know, new guys, and they'll go, I closed 24 hours, all cash. Like that, when someone hears that, they usually think they're full of crap, right? Because they remember that it took them four months to buy their house. So how are they going to sell their house in one day? Um, so you have to understand the different messaging when you market. You have to understand how that works. And also something that really people don't talk about is because you, a lot of these gurus go, you have to know your numbers, know your numbers. You got to know what numbers you have. In New York, it takes about 18 months from the time you're going to spend money on marketing till you really have any idea what your numbers are, right? You need a lot of time because there's a huge gap between the time when you're going to do whatever marketing it is. I don't care what it is. I don't even care if it's pay-per-click. That's quick. Between that time and when you're actually going to monetize the property, especially if you're closing on a property. Oh. And, and then it could take seven months till, 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 till you can even put it for sale. You know, you'd hold something for a year. So the, the time frame in New York is dramatically different than most other places in the country. Oh my gosh. It, that is the number one reason why it took me longer than it took me besides the skills that I was lacking at the time on why it took me some time to make some, some real money in this business in New York state specifically. I had this expectation as a 20 year old kid, knuckle dragging Neanderthal, as you would say, where I, never, I thought, never called you that. <laughs> well, I, I definitely have those tendencies sometimes. Right. I'll be, I'll be honest, but uh, I, was so frustrated. I would get these leads and we'd go into contract and it would take five years. And then the, it would just, the sales cycle. The, so, so this, this happened to me. So I know that a lot about this and it still goes on. to this day, the honest to gosh sales cycle in New York, if you're wholesaling a house is about 90 to hundred, about 90 days in terms of like a real, like reality, like yeah, 60 tell, to 90 days, 60 I think even days. more. I mean, I, I, okay. I tell people, so I take listings also, and people say like, I want to sell January. When should I list it? I go, you got to, you got to put it up for sales uh, four months, July. four yeah. months before. Yeah. So it was December, November, October. I got to put up beginning of September because mm -hmm. it's going to take a month to get into contract. We may find the buyer the next day. I always tell them that. right? And it's true, right? You may find the buyer the next day. You probably won't. It may take a week. Um, but then it takes that person two, two to three months to get a mortgage. So that's four months like that. And that's like for a regular retail deal. But in, in our world where we're supposedly offering this cash offer, the truth is very often the sellers can't close much sooner than that anyway. That's the truth. Yeah. And they don't know where, especially if they're living there, they need, they're going to need to get a mortgage. They're going to need to get approved. So you have Correct. two people getting mortgages. You have like eight parties involved basically. But it's, it's crazy. And on the wholesale side, so 90 days, and I'm going to explain why it actually takes that long. Because people are probably thinking, right, what are you talking about? How does it take 90 days if you're selling to a quote unquote cash buyer? Well, I'll tell you the truth. Okay. Most cash buyers are full of shit. They're getting hard money. Usually the case, especially in New York, it's expensive. So you got to figure it's going to take three, uh, two to three weeks to get into contract on an off-market property. Realistically speaking, if the seller has an attorney and they're busy and you have an attorney, it's going to take two to three weeks just to sign a contract, okay? When the contract is then signed, they're going to order title. That's going to take generally four to five weeks, okay? 
halfway through them ordering title, they're going to probably need a smoke alarm affidavit, which I just did on a property. That's going to take two weeks. And then they're going to have to order municipals, which is going to take four to six weeks. And now we're, now we're two and we're now we're like two months into this. Well, they, Once, should have ordered, they should have ordered the municipals when they first ordered the title. That's the truth. But still, it, ta- it, it, it takes a long time. I just had a deal where the seller's freaking out. And I'm like, I still didn't get title back. And he's like, well, we yeah. have to close. I go, I can't close. I don't even know. I don't even know, you know, if we have clean title. Yeah. We don't even know if you're an illegal alien, you know? So, so that, with that being said, now you have to get municipals back. And this is where People don't understand this, but this is where New York will get. So let me give you a real life scenario. So there's a house right now. In, this is in New Jersey, but same shit, basically. Bergen County is basically Westchester County, but it happens to be uh, you know, in New Jersey. So I went in contract on this property in July for a good price. And we got title. We got the town involved. You have to, you know, same, same. It's literally the same thing, except it's in Jersey. And we found out that there are two buried oil tanks on this property. So this is supposed to be a cash deal. I have a buyer. I have a seller. I'm in the middle. I don't have an attorney representing me. Probably should have, but at this point, it's too late. And this thing was supposed to literally close in August. It was supposed to close in August. And that was the reality. Turns out the first oil tank we obviously knew about was leaking. So we had to figure out what that was going to cost. The second oil tank was discovered after the first one was pulled out of the ground because the company, and I'll I'll tie this into how this takes forever. The second oil tank was discovered after the first one was pulled because they said, I think we saw something else there. We want to test to make sure it's not a second tank. I don't think it's a second tank, but we'll test. So they tested it. be a second tank? (laughs) Yeah, second oil tank leaking. So now we're all like, holy shit. No one knew about this. And I said to the attorney for the seller, I said, listen, dude, the good thing about Jersey versus New York is like the attorney, and even in Connecticut, you can talk to the attorneys on the, on the other side and no one cares. But in New York, it's like, you're talking to like a terrorist or something, (laughs) you know, they're like, what are you talking to the attorney for? So anyway, so I say, listen, um, we're going to have to get these oil tanks pulled before we close, because it's just, if, if, if there's a, if there's a problem, like we don't want to be liable for it. So do you have an out out in the contract? Oh yeah. Yeah. This oil tank was a contingency. Yeah. I could have walked away, but it was a good enough deal. I said, no, nah, right. we'll just get it fixed. So anyway, long story short, now we're, we're, we're about a month and a half into this. We find out now we're not closing, obviously, in August. You know, this is like early July, I got in a contract, late August, we're like trying to close. So we get a proposal back from a company, a tank company, and they, they say $50,000. And I say, put the crack down, save it for later. That's, there's no way. And then they say, they say, oh, we want a $4,000 delineation just to make sure that it's going to be $50,000. I said, are you smoking crack? I said, how can you? What's a delineation? So basically what they do is they test, a delineation is when they they, they pretty much go underneath and they actually like do like this crazy ass test to see test how, the, con- test test the soil. soil to see how, how to see how contaminated it is and if it's seeping into the foundation. So I said, you guys are nuts. I said, I would have given you my business if you gave me a fair price. I said, I'm shopping you. I said, this is ridiculous. So I find another company. They, they say $1,000 for the delineation. I say, fine. I pay the money. Now I, and this is a wholesale deal. I have $3,000 of my own money in due diligence because the buyer's like, hey, I'm buying it from you. And I'm like, you know what? He's kind of got a point. You know, I'd do the same thing if I was a buyer. <laughs> and he was paying a lot of money. So I said, you know, whatever. I didn't even put my deposit down. I don't tell anybody. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, we get another quote. Now, this is like this is like weeks and weeks and weeks are going by. And most gurus think you're going to have your money at that point. You're going to have your money in two weeks. 
So you're we get gonna, a, you're going to post your picture of your check on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm going to be on their on their landing page when I'm opting into their funnel. So uh, 997 back now 497. So <laughs> we, we get this freaking thing. The second tank company comes back. This is like it takes a month now for this. This is a month between like late August. Now it's like September. This is last month. They say, you know what? We're actually we're the other company was ripping you off. We're going to be at like 18,000. I said, that seems like a scam because the other guy was so much higher. Tell me why. And like, they got into their dog and pony show. Why? So I said, okay, cool. Pass they that they're actually pulling both these tanks out of the ground and remediating any kind of contamination. They're remediating everything. The tanks are already out. I apologize. The tanks were already out. That cost like four grand, but the buyer dealt with that. So they want to charge you $50,000 to treat the contaminated soil. Yeah. Well, that was the one company. That was the one company. That's, that's why I got it's like, it's like a heart surgeon telling you you need to get a new heart. And you're like, wait, before I do this, let me see what the, your neighbor's telling me. You, know, you might kill me. So anyway, so now this is, we're in limbo for two and a half months now. And, and we finally get the quote back. We accept the quote. And I tell the, the buyers, the seller's attorney, I said, listen, Stan, uh, the guy's name's Doug. I said, listen, Doug. I said, hmm? you got to eat the 18. I said, yeah. I said, listen, I said, no offense here. Your client is powerless. He's 80 years old, living in Florida. He, he barely knows what day of the week it is. That's why he hired you. I'm just being honest. I said, here's the deal, dude. I said, I can totally hose you guys right now and le- walk away from this with two buried oil tanks that just got pulled out of the ground and two New Jersey DEP cases. So I could hold them. I could walk away and tell you guys to fly. I, I said, I'm not going to do that. So I did this whole psychological anchoring. I'm like, I know, you know, I know how to like pre-frame. I said, but I'm not going to do that. Your client's got to take a credit for this cost to remediate we'll leave it in escrow and then if there's a if there's leftover money if the quote ends up being less than what they expect which they said could be the case you guys will get the balance but it's staying in escrow and he's like okay fine you weren't going to do the work now you're just going to hold he's going to leave it eighteen thousand dollars in escrow and then okay yes yeah so it's fair and i said so you don't have to lay it out so you don't have to lay it out no it's coming out of the seller's proceeds and it's going to sit in escrow that's going to pay the contractor so i said Tell Stan that this is what we're doing or else I'm, I'm done. And it takes two weeks for him to negotiate with this 80-year-old guy, two weeks. He calls me back. He says, okay, we're going to do it. This is like last week. I said, get me the damn paperwork. Gets me the paperwork. We're still not closed yet because we got to get the closing lined up. So the point of that story is this, this quick wholesale deal was supposed to take six weeks. It's turning into three and a half, four months. Could so be could be six months. Yeah, so it could be six months. So the, the point of that story is that this is going to happen, especially if you're buying old properties in the Northeast. This is going to come up every other other deal, I guarantee you, like some sort of building violation or an oil tank or a septic system. Like there's something that you and you need. This is where I lie. I disagree with these gurus who, quite frankly, don't know what they're doing in the Northeast. They're like, you don't need to know anything about real estate. You could just be a pawn shop. No, 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 no. You need to know exactly what you're doing. Cause if you don't know what you're doing, if this was a new wholesale, a new wholesaler, they would have been like a fart in the wind. It would have been gone, 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 gone. No way. So, sure. so, so you gotta be an expert in your field. You gotta be a master of your craft. You need, especially if you have people working for you, cause they're dependent upon you being successful. If you don't know what you're doing, how the hell is your employee supposed to depend on getting a paycheck from you? If you're like, Oh, I don't know what oil tank is. I'm just supposed to know. That. Right. I, mean, I think it's terrible well, advice. But you didn't know about the oil tech. You learned about it right away, right? I mean, these are things you can learn about. Yeah. You gotta, well, I, you gotta learn, you gotta learn on the fly a lot. I learned on the fly. I'd had this happen on a few other ones, but it wasn't oh, this bad. Yeah. Man, but New Jersey like, is crazy with oh, tanks. I don't know New what Jersey's a mess. That. I used a lend I used to use a lender out of New Jersey and they oh. were requiring a tank certification on every property in New York. And I'm like, oh. 
it's costing me like a thousand dollars for a complete waste of time. But they were so adamant about it from New Jersey that uh, I had no choice. You know why? I'll tell you why I found this out. So what happens in New Jersey, unlike New York. So New York, believe it or not, is a lot more wild, wild west in terms of like buying properties and violations. Because in New Jersey, the towns are super involved in the sales of property because there's all these little like villages. It's like Long Island. And they will, they will hold you hostage and like they will basically do deed restrictions uh, if you don't cure issues with the property before it, it closes. So in New York, you can basically buy a property subject to violations and like the town's like, well, we're just going to hammer you until you fix it. But you can transfer the deed. New Jersey, if you have a septic tank, I found this, if you have a septic tank in Oakland, New Jersey, and it's on a cesspool, they won't even allow you to transfer the deed unless it's a short sale or a foreclosure. So you, you need to know this stuff if you're in, your, if you're in New York. New York and you, yeah, you need to know what you're doing. So anyway. You need to expect long closings. And when you have a short closing, you should be pleasantly surprised. Right? Celebrate. <laughs> Celebrate. Uh, Michael, what's an example on you getting into a deal, like a wholesale deal with like building, like fire, like, like, cause this is, this is such a common thing. I mean, we could talk so about I'll this give, for eight hours. You I'll know? give an example of a tenant issue that just happened. So mm. had a deal. Beautiful. It's a guy, he's an old guy who has a lot of rentals. I'd say every person who's got any list calls this guy. And he's a nice guy. And he always always wants too much for his rentals. And he mentioned this property to me like four years ago. And then um, this new student of mine called him and he said he wants to sell this house. So he told me what stories with it. It's an illegal two-family, right? It's a high ranch with the three bedrooms, one bathroom on top. Oh, and downstairs. Yep. It's yeah, got a sketchy. It's got a violation already because the town knows it's being used illegally. And he's got two non-paying tenants there. So I put it out of my so we, we negotiated a price. I put it out to my list and I got nothing at that price. Occupied, nobody wanted it. And then I said, you know what? Let me take a stab at these tenants. Now, this is going on for a long time. Like we were in contract, but sort of in contract. You said he was going to get the people out. I couldn't get them out. Um, so I went to the tenants and I said, listen. I'm in contract to buy this house. You have two choices. I go, you might think you have more choices, but you only have two. Choice one is that you're going to stay here a little longer and the sheriff's going to pull you out. Okay. They're going to be here. I'm going to stand over there. I've done it dozens of times. Choice two is you can leave sooner with money from me. And then the next question is always how much. And I negotiated with both these tenants to pay them each $8,000. Oh my God. That's a good deal. Layout, 16 grand. I then stuck it on my list. I stuck the same property on the same list, but vacant. And I got crazy response. So I ended up with getting $75,000 more than my price when I got the tenants out. So I had to lay out 16 grand to get these two bozos out. I had to secure the property to make sure they didn't come back. Um, and then it was a $60,000 wholesale deal. But that whole process takes a lot of time and it's not quick, right? Dealing with the tenants and dealing with the seller and negotiating back and forth and figuring out that your price doesn't work and all that crap. It took, I don't know, five months to get the whole thing done. So deals take a long, long time in New York. You got to get used to it and you got to just fill your pipeline up enough so that you got steady stream of closings. That's the only way to do it. I mean, that's it. That you just said it on the head. If you're relying on one deal closing, you're 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 in trouble. You might as well start going virtual because you gotta you gotta you gotta figure that. Like I, you made something, you made a point in the beginning of the show that I, I want to emphasize is that your your marketing and this is like super 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 applicable to new people. Like you said earlier, if you don't have a nine to twelve month mindset on any marketing you're doing, 
you're not going to know what's working and what's not working. Like, and there's a, there's a gentleman who does a lot of cold calling that I know we've done deals together and he listens to a lot of gurus that are not in New York. And I give him the uncomfortable truth sometimes. And it's like, it's like eating broccoli. Like, you know, like it doesn't taste that great, but it's good for you. And he's like, always like, Oh man, I thanks for being honest with me about that. And I said, listen, dude, you need to understand that if you don't know your numbers and you're doing all this work, you're going to get very frustrated. So you need to have a 12 month mindset on all your cold calling campaigns on all your, whatever you're doing mail. So what, and this is why. So like we said earlier, you send out Mark, let's say you send your fourth mailing out. Okay. So that's usually four to five months after you send your first mailing out and you get your first deal from your fourth mailing. You should expect that first deal to close three to four months after your fourth mailing. So that's eight to nine to 10 months after. And then you can say, oh, wow, I spent $8,000 on mail. I made $38,000 in, in revenue. I have to back out my costs and I netted 30,000. And then you can kind of see your KPIs. But if you're like, oh, I sent out one mailing campaign. I got 10 calls and no one was interested. It's like, welcome to the freaking club. It doesn't even matter if you mark mail. Like people are like, oh, you're Greg, you're in these hard markets. That's why I'm like, no, no, no. If you send direct mail anywhere now in 2021 with real estate investing being the coolest thing ever, the response rates are going to be bad. You're going to make money, but if this is not like it was in 2018. This is, it's a totally different market. Like even with text, I'm seeing text messaging now. I mean, we're doing it. It's, it's working, but everyone's doing it, right? So you got to just expect that if you have a lower response rate, not only are you going to get less leads, but your sales cycle is going to be a little bit longer but the, the key is that you got to stay in the game because most people, it's getting that. The biggest thing, that, the biggest lesson I've learned so far is that whatever's happening to me in business is also happening to other people. It's not like I'm like this unique, isolated person only getting screwed by sellers or only having buyers be hard. Like this happens to everybody. And when you go through that resistance, especially in the Northeast, that's what gets people to quit. That's why people, oh, I don't want to do this business. Oh, this is crazy. And that's why I tried, it, I tried it and it didn't work. I tried it and it didn't work. Well, when people say that, I usually say, well, how many offers did you make last week? And they're going to say, oh, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, do you track your offers? No. Well, how do you know this isn't going to work if you don't even know how many freaking offers you made? Like, oh, are you in- and, and a lot of those people aren't even making offers, right? So there are a lot of people that get into this business. And if a guy tells them, hey, I want $500,000 for a house and they can only pay 300, they won't even make an offer because Unbelievable. they feel yes. like they're going to be insulting the guy. And um hundred percent. It's, it's really how many offers you made, right? I, I, I had people come into my office. Say, I've been a wholesaler for two years. I go, really, how many offers you make? They said two. I go, well, let me just tell you, you're making one offer a year. Your chance of getting a deal in 10 years is very low. And you got to really go out and see it. And people, so then, and I hear the same things like we just said, oh, but everybody wants retail, um, the usual stuff. My marketing didn't work. My list is no good, all that crap. And it comes down to just being able to be persistent and consistent in marketing. Those are the really the most important things. And anytime you take on any marketing, you really need to look at it on, like you said, a nine to 12 month basis before you even have an idea if it works, right? The chance of you getting a deal right away is, is possible, but very unlikely uh, in the markets that we operate in. It's just- the Oh truth. yeah. It's, 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 I'm almost looking at more like mail and tech. It's almost, it's not that it's like gambling. You're not gambling because you know, you're getting your money back, but it is a little bit of like a lottery system. Cause I could mail the same list as you and I could get a six figure assignment and you could have a, a total strikeout, but then it could happen the, the other way too. So people are always like, there well, a, there is a what? luck factor. There's a, big there is luck, a luck, factor. luck factor. That's just the truth. People that don't is talk truth. about it. Right. I love the old predictable system. It, you, you over years, it becomes a predictable yeah. system. 
but in, on a short-term basis, there's a huge luck factor. Like you said, we can both work the same list and you can contact people that I never reach and I can get deals that you never even got in contact with. It just had, it's the way it is. Yeah. And a lot of it is, is the ability to close. So you want to hear a story that's going to make you fall out of your chair and you know, the guy who's doing this deal. So this is me being ignorant. So I get this lead in August and speaks to the lead speaks to Anna who does the leads for me. And she's like, Oh, he wants like 500,000. It's a seven unit property in Poughkeepsie. He's hard to, he had like a stroke and he like lost his eyesight. So the guy's very hard to communicate with. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me check into it. So I try to call this guy. doesn't answer. doesn't answer. doesn't follow up with him, but it doesn't answer. So I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. We get all these leads. Like it is what it is. My buddy Hershey, he's probably listening to this freaking awesome guy. He gets this house for 450, goes into contract. Guess what it got appraised for? 800 or no, $900,000. I think not eight. No, no, 795, 795. And it's a shit, like no non-paying tenants, but that he's going to have $400,000 in equity or whatever, almost on the same lead that I got on the same list that we mailed because he executed better than I did. So right. it, it, and I'm, I was so happy. I said, Hershey, man, I'm so happy for you, man. This is awesome. I remember this lead. Congrats. You're awesome. You know, you're doing great things. So like the point is that there's never any competition either. It's like, we're mail we're, everyone's mailing the same people too. Everyone's like, oh, I need the secret list. Dude, if you're pulling a list on PropStream of absentee owners who've owned their house for more than 20 years, everyone's mailing the list. They're going to call different people. Like in terms of like, they might call me, but they're not calling. So like, get that out of your head. Focus on the execution and focus on making offers and following up because that's where the money is. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I, 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 you know, I have a lot of students and we, they operate in the same area as me. So people ask me, why are you training your competition? I'm like, it's not competition. It's just, we could all work the same list and just we reach different people like they'll call in the morning and i'll call at night and i'll reach them and they won't and that's just the way it goes like you can't if you look at this as a competition then you're going to be upset and yeah you're going to have the wrong bad, it's a bad approach to the, how, how we do business absolutely so as we tack on to like the back half of this podcast episode as we start to summarize it up so we, we talked about how wholesale deals can take some time to close and get to the finish line but we never even mentioned the whole when you're going to close on a property dealing with you know, dealing with the length of that sales cycle. So I want to talk about why it takes a long time and then what you can expect once you become the owner of real estate and you're not flipping it on a wholesale basis. So I'll give you an example. So we, I bought, I actually got lucky on this one. This is rare, but I bought a property. I think I closed in April. I got it on the market. I think in May, I don't really remember, but I think it was in May. And I think it closed and funded in August, which is pretty quick for the most part like august was i think when it funded but normally when you like even if you're wholetailing by the time you end up getting it in like your name and funding it it usually takes even to do just a clean out with contractors and getting the utility that usually takes like a month you know like from start to finish you know paying the contractors yeah best case a month sometimes two months and then when you're selling to a, this is where it always, and we were talking with Jeremiah on a previous episode, he's getting in trouble now because he has like all these properties would contract to sell, but there's a lot of things. This is where people don't talk about this either. It doesn't matter what market. When you're in contract to sell a property, you do a good job talking about this, but I am not certain that that's closing until the day the damn thing closes because of that mortgage thing. Cause that has freaking sure. bit me in the ass so many times. Can you explain that? Because this sure. is stuff people don't talk about. I got a lot of mortgage, mortgage experience. I was in the mortgage business for 17 years. A standard contract, when you're selling something to a, whole, a regular retail buyer or any house to house 
non-investment um, buyer has a mortgage contingency in it, which means that if they get denied from their mortgage, they can get out of the contract. And really it is a get out of contract free card. Now, I'm not saying everyone uses it because most people who go into contract with on a, on a house want to buy. But on yeah. dozens of occasions in my 17 year career, people called me and said, you know what, I changed my mind. Just give me a denial. And it's very easy to deny someone for a mortgage, right? A pay stub expires, uh, 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 any other document expires, appraisal, everything expires, right? Everything expires all the time. So it's so easy to just say you're denied. And as soon as a buyer sends a seller a mortgage denial, which honestly is, I, I can't emphasize how easy it is to get, you're completely absolved of your obligations. Now, this could be five months into the, into the process. So I just had a situation like that. We were three months in, the, the seller moved already. Seller moved to Florida. Oh my God. said, gay power of attorney and was ready to go. And we just got a mortgage denial. Luckily, we found another buyer for the same price. So we're good. But because my dispo guy is amazing. But um, anytime you go to contract. So yeah, until until that closing, until the wire hits, right? You don't you don't know that it's a done deal. I, you, you, it's, it's probably a done deal, but anybody can get out. If it's a standard contract with a regular buyer, anybody can get out of it. And it, ta- and it takes time. And they really, in New York, the buyer really has the seller by the balls. Oh, absolutely. They Let me did. tell you what's going on now. I have a property in Copenhagen. I'm in contract to buy it. And it's, they promised to deliver it vacant. Now they realize they cannot deliver it vacant. I am in complete control of that contract because they I'm in contract, so they can't sell it to anybody else, but they can't deliver on my terms. So I'm renegotiating a better price, obviously, because I'm going to take it with the tenant. I may go and spend some time talking to the tenant, see if they're going to go, if I can buy them out. But the the buyer really has a seller by the by the by balls. the balls. Yeah. By the balls. They they can't do anything. And that's where it gets tricky when you close because like you said, like I, we shared that example when the buyer just can't perform or doesn't want to get a mortgage or whatever. Now you have to restart that process. In t- you have to, and this is where it could take a year because if you're in escrow for three months and then they cancel and you're supposed to close in four months, now you've got to restart back to step one, go back in for three months and then they can cancel again technically. And then you have to start again. So it, it takes right. time to get these deals done. I have a property- and- I have a property yeah. right now that we're listing for somebody and he's really have, getting antsy about the closing. And the buyer yeah. is getting a Sony May mortgage, that's state that? of New York, some kind of agency, like get some buyer's assistance kind of thing. Yeah. And it takes time. Oh, and yeah. they're, they're telling me that they should have it by the end of the month. And the, the guy doesn't really understand how it works. And he keeps telling me, let's just cancel the contract and sell it to somebody else. And I'm like, it just doesn't work that way. You I go, your attorney has to go through a process called sending a time of the essence letter. And then he has to wait a month. And only then do we even have the option of canceling the contract. Like you can't just get out of contract. It's just not easy. The buyer really has a lot of control in the, in the transaction. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Have you ever asked quick thing on that is I'm working on this wholesale deal right now with this buyer I've never worked with. And we get the contract in from this attorney. He sends a writer and he's like, he tells me he's paying cash. I hope he's not listening. If he is whatever he says, he's paying cash. I said, okay. And he calls me up after we make the, hey, can I use hard money? I say, I don't want you to use hard money, but it is what it is. Whatever. Get the contract back. I look at the rider, which is a rider is just basically like a, an, a it's basically like a subcontract. Yeah. The rider, the rider overrides whatever's in the face of the contract. The oh, yeah. More important. Yeah. The rider. What does it say? What does it say? It mortgage says contingency? mortgage contingency. I call the guy today. I say, I'm like, buyer, I'm not going to say his name. I say, why, why do you have a mortgage? He's like, he's like, 
I told Whoa. you I was getting a loan. He was like, I'm going to hard money. I'm like, I'm like, but what would you do if you were me? It still doesn't show that you're serious about buying. And so we're haggling back and forth. It's like we're on a seesaw. And I'm like, listen, I say, puts me in a bad spot. If I have you get a mortgage, I'm doing the Chris Voss voice on this guy. I'm talking. Oh, by the way, you're you're dealing with this in a much more calm way than I would have dealt with it. Oh I would yeah. Have said it's a deal breaker. Remove it, or I'm selling it to somebody else. Well, yeah. we were gonna get there, but I I I, I want to sell this property because I'm okay. getting the price on. It. I said, listen, Alex. I said, well, shit. I said his name. Listen, buyer. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, listen. Here's what here's what we'll do. I said, I'm not allowing you to have a mortgage contingency in there. It's, I'm not gonna not gonna negotiate on that. I said. You're putting 10 grand down, put 5,000 down instead, remove the contingency and we'll call it a day. I only have a thousand down, so it doesn't really matter. You know? So we, we agreed on that. So the point of that story is you, sometimes you're going to have, you know, that's more of a wholesale deal. That's a little rare, but did like, he say, did he say to you that his point was to protect his deposit? Like, was that the issue? Well, he's like buying a primary house and he doesn't want to have his money tied up. And he's like, well, if the lender does denies me, I'm like, but I've just did a deal with you. It's freaking Rock East. I said, they're not going to deny you. I just literally did a deal with them. And I've dealt with Mike. I have wholesale deals to Mike's clients and it was never a problem. We double closed. So we worked it out. But, you know, another point is that, you know, this is why I emphasize working with me or Michael. If you're, cause if you don't know what you're doing and you, you have a wholesale deal and your buyer is trying to jerk your bobber, if you don't have someone who's done hundreds of deals, you're, you're probably going to get taken advantage of because you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't even know no more. Your attorney's Makes not going to. Yeah. Seems to make, seems to make sense. <laughs> and me and you are just like, uh, hello. You should no not way. have that in there. You nuts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we had that happen today. So it's just you got to know the, the besides the fact that you got to know it takes a while. You need to commit to becoming a master of your of your craft and not thinking that, that you need to know quote unquote, nothing about real estate. And oh, I'm just going to have a pawn shop because that's, that's totally asinine. If you ask me, I think that's probably the worst advice I've ever heard. You know, I heard that. I heard that from a guy who I actually respect. Yeah. And he said like, yeah. he doesn't know anything about it, but I, I don't, I don't buy I don't it. believe it either. You got to know, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Especially, especially if you're successful for a while, there's no way. Especially you're if you're in a state where you're not even represented by an attorney, like then you really, well, the truth is, listen, if you're in a state where you have this stupid inspection contingency for a couple of weeks or a month on every deal, and you have no real risk because on every deal you go into, if you don't find a buyer in, in two weeks, you just tell the guy I'm out. Then, yeah, you don't need to know anything about real estate. But in New York, where you and I operate, where we have no contingencies and we have to buy this, yeah. we have to either assign or close on this deal yeah. to not know what you're doing. It's like a, a, lot, a lot riskier than, uh, than in other parts of the Then just learning how this business works. But like, right. it's, it comes with experience. Like I didn't, I wasn't like this when I was starting. You weren't like this. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just like figuring it out, you know, borrowing hard money at 10, yeah. you know, 18%. Like it's, it's part of the game, you know, but but the, the point is that you got to have the right expectations. You got to understand this is going to take more time than you think. I, I was reading in that book, like this guy started like figuring, adjusting his expectations in life. And he's like, most things are twice as hard and they take twice as long. And if you expect that, you're not going to be disappointed when it actually happens. You know what I mean? But when people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to get paid in 30 days. Like, yeah, good luck getting paid in 30 days. Tell me, you, you figure out how to get paid in 30 days in New York. You, you sell a course, I'm your first buyer. Michael's your second buyer. I'll share the login with him. Actually, we'll get around you. But, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else to add to this, man? I mean, this this gets me fired up because I mean, we're really just trying to provide no. people with real value. Hundred percent. We have no ulterior like, motives here. As, you know, as you said, it's really something nobody talks about. Like the length oh. of time, and um, I suspect that it'll, even in other states, things take longer than people pretend they do. But really, in New York, it just 
it's a long period of time before you even know what's going on and oh, you have yeah. to commit to what any marketing you do really you should commit to it for a year and then you'll have an idea if this is something that was working or not you know like like you said we're mailing multiple times and so oh many people gosh. have tried one one mailing and, and haven't seen results there no crap so um to me it's like if you're not going to mail it six times you don't even know if the, like the list is any good right and yeah. that's expensive and most people can't afford that right if you got a list of ten thousand it's four thousand dollars to mail to, to to mail the list oh yeah mail it six times just 24 grand a lot of people are not going to put that out there but so yeah. I tell, so people tell me they want to get the mail. I say, really, really try to stack the list and get it something small and do something small that you can afford and, and commit to, right? The oh, idea, yeah. well, I have, I have a guy tell me I have, I have uh, $6,000 for mail. I'm going to send out a list of 10,000. I go, you're going to mail it one and a half times. It's not a good idea. I will cut the list down so that your $8,000 gets you six mailings. Oh, totally. People just, and people just don't, people don't talk about it because, um, because if they're selling something to you, then they want you to believe that there's instant gratification. Yeah, well, that's how people sell. That's 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 marketing one hundred and one, and that that's where like if I do a mailing and I have my money back after the second drop, I'm like, let's go to Vegas because what what's going to happen next? Because seriously, I mean, I budget for six to seven times. If I get my money back on the second mailing or the third mailing, the rest is just house money at that point. But like usually, like we had a deal one time. I have probably mentioned this on the podcast. This lady got my sixth postcard. She gave. She says, I need to sell this thing tomorrow. We actually closed it in 30 days. We made like 75,000. We, we rehabbed it. It was a, that was a whole nother mess, but like that was the sixth postcard. So if I didn't mail that last one, the whole mailing campaign probably would have been like break even. But instead of me punting, I'm like, well, you got to mail people way more than months, way more right. than once. And it's not, and it's, grand. not it's not intuitive. It's counterintuitive, right? Because you think, well, if I get a list and I mail it once, everybody wants to sell is going to respond to my mailer. But what people don't understand is there's an element of, persistence in other words they might get a lot of other cards they throw them in the garbage but they get the same card every month for six months they know you want it and yes. also you're increasing by a factor of six the chance that you hit them on that day when the tenant told them they're not paying rent anymore yep. the roofer told them it's going to be eighteen thousand dollars or some kind of problem goes up so you you're increasing so you have a list of potential people that would be likely to sell but you're increasing by six times the chance that you're going to hit them on the day where they really want to sell that's exactly. A big, it's a big factor. It's huge. It's it's like it's like stats class. You're you're increasing that probability. And this is why people like they mail two thousand names and they're like I got one phone call. It's like, dude, number one, it's competitive. Doesn't matter what market you're in. If you've living right. you lived for more than ten days, you know marketing is competitive in any market where there's money. Like there's big money to be made in our market. That's why it's hard to mail. But if you mail fifteen thousand people, you're there's fifteen thousand opportunities for you to get a house at discount. If you mail 1500 stacked leads, you're still only at 50, you're, you're at, you're 10 times less the multiple there. So like, that's why, like, like you say, you have great, great advice. If you don't have a list of at least 10,000 to even text or call, you're, you're playing a game where you're, you're statistically right. probably going to lose unless you're going to mail them for two years. You know what your I mean? Sample size, your sample size is too yeah. I, can, I can't tell you how many people come to me and go, I, I'm working with a list. It's 400 names and I've been working this list for six months and i go your list is too damn small 400 and they names. Go, why I, I i stacked it it's great i'm like because because if you gave me that same list of 400 or any list of 400 i probably wouldn't get a deal out of it no said, it's just too small you need bigger bigger numbers to work with right i tell i recommend everybody that get a list whether at least it's from 10, or listability that get a list get a list to start of somewhere between nine and eleven thousand you want to shoot for ten thousand and then you want to work off that list. And if you can't mail that whole list, then mail a subset of that list. And call it. 
you need a you need a bigger yeah call the whole list for sure oh the thing i've noticed too by the way with the stacking thing as we wrap up here i mean stacking uh, from direct mail this is this calling is different but with direct mail i have not found a ginormous difference in mailing stack prospects i've actually found that actually sometimes is more saturated because like there's so many softwares out here that do it now right. like the deals that i get for mail are like they're on one list they got the postcard i inherited this house i live in chicago i don't want to deal like it's not like some dramatic like it's like hey i i, I want to sell i don't want to deal with this thing i'm in chicago right make no, so me an offer so I understand what you're saying. You're saying that if they're stacked, then it's more likely other people are stacking. Yeah, there yeah. might be more competition. It's true. Yeah, it's true. yeah. So anyway, I mean, this is a, that's a topic for another show. But the big points that we've made home takes a lot longer than you think. You got to know what you're doing. Don't think that you need to know nothing about real estate, especially in our market. You're going to get slaughtered. And uh, <laughs> if you're getting value from the show, please leave a review, share it. Uh, you know, put it out to your friends and your family, whoever wants to learn about this. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you very much.